Oh, Lord, where you are is where we long to be. And because we cannot go to where you are, we pray, Lord, that you come to where we are and fill this place with your presence. And as we would look into the word of God, the words of life, we pray, Lord, that we would get a picture of who you are and that we may worship you in your fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several months ago, when I found out the theme for this camp would be Come Boldly, my heart was really delighted at that theme because I really love it, being able to come into the presence of the Lord. How many of you have thought or had the desire in your heart that you want to see God, that you want to see him in all of his glory, in his fullness, in what he looks like. Tonight, we're going to start by looking at a man that had that request and how God responded to that request. Turn with me. To Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. We're picking up in the middle of a conversation that Moses had with God. And Moses said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, meaning God, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see, my, see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand, while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. This was a bold request by Moses, a man that talked often with God and saw various revelations from God like no other man did. But Moses wanted more and wanted to see God more fully. And so he had this request. And he was privileged to see God in a way that no one else did. Can you imagine what Moses saw? 
and what God had to shield him from and protect him from? Because God is so great and so fantastic that I imagine we probably wouldn't be able to be in his full presence without being consumed. There is just so much greatness, so much brilliance there that we couldn't handle it in our mortal bodies. Maybe a comparison might be to try to travel as close as you can to the sun. You'd be consumed long before you get there because of so much energy that is there. Maybe that's kind of what God was protecting Moses from. This wasn't the first experience that Moses had with God. There were other experiences. And if we go back a little bit earlier in time, there was a tremendous demonstration of the glory of God. When God wanted to reveal himself to the children of Israel, And he did that when they were in the wilderness on a mountain. And he appointed a day. In three days, he said, you get ready and you prepare yourself. There was a certain set of instructions that he gave them that they needed to get ready in order to meet God. And on the third day, they heard the voice of God. And they saw the sights on the mountaintop. Lightnings, they heard the thundering, they saw fire and smoke. The whole mountain was shaking, and they were shaking too. He says they were trembling. And I imagine all of us would too at that sight, at that presence that they could feel in the shaking of the ground. And as Moses led them out of the camp, to the base of the mountain in order to come closer. But he had already before that set boundaries that they dare not come too close. God had put a certain distance there. What is our God like? Who is it that we are instructed to to come boldly to? How does he expect us to come? And what kind of being is he like? I imagine that the children of Israel's experience when they saw this quaking and the fire and the smoke and the noise, a very loud noise of a trumpet coming boldly was the last thing on their mind. I am sure they were coming trembling and timidly. They had no idea what this God was like. They had a very obscure image in their minds based on their experiences of what kind of God this was. This experience instilled in them a deep fear. And one of the Things that we read in the Bible about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This was their starting point. This is where God wanted them to begin. Where are you at in your relationship with God? 
Because there is a point actually before the fear of the Lord. And that is the point of indifference. Because those that don't even care about God or don't believe in him are indifferent. They don't really have a fear. Because in their minds, he doesn't even exist. I hope there isn't anyone in that category here tonight. Let's go to Isaiah. Another man that had an incredible vision of the presence of God. I'm in Isaiah chapter 6 now. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, for I am undone. This vision of the glory of God that Isaiah saw was also a tremendous vision. Can you imagine in your mind what he saw? He saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. He's not very descriptive of what the Lord was looking like. Maybe he couldn't really give much description because there was so, brilliant, so much brilliance there. I don't know. But he describes his train filled the temple and the seraphims crying one to another, Holy, holy, holy. And Isaiah reveals another thing that the presence of the Lord does. When we move a step into the fear, or not quite beyond the fear, but more than just the initial fear, is his response as he sees himself. And he says, woe is me. If we were to think about it in today's terms, he might be saying, oh boy. What am I in for? Who am I that I could see this kind of a sight and be in the presence of God? Where are you at in your relationship with God? Because the fear of the Lord reveals to us our condition our sinful state and that we aren't able to stand before him in that sinful state. God took care of Isaiah and said, your sin is purged as one of the seraphims came with a live coal and touched his lips. 
when we see and experience the presence of God, we are fully aware of our sin, our state before him. So far, we have read of experiences of people that have seen really fantastic sights of what God is like. And it reminds me of the words of a song that just, I'm going to pick out a few words that for me had the most impact when I heard this song, and I'm sure many of you will know it. Describing what God is like. Indescribable, uncontainable, all-powerful, untamable. Awestruck, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, You are amazing, God. That's the response He wants from us in worship, bowing down before Him as we consider His majesty and His greatness. But these scenes are not the only pictures of what God is like. As we move on in the revelation of Scripture, we turn to a completely different type of revelation of what God is like. I am now in the Gospel according to St. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God became flesh and lived among people. And John says, we looked, we beheld, we saw his glory, a different view of the glory of God. Very unique. Because when we think of greatness and majesty and splendor and brilliance and power of a heavenly being, we wouldn't expect him to transform himself in the form of a weak and ordinary man. But he did that because one of his descriptive names describes that role, Emmanuel, God with us. And in order to fulfill his presence in coming to earth, that's how he did it, for a very specific mission. And through Jesus Christ, we come to know the glory of God in a completely different way than we did before. Because the the view that we predominantly have before, in many ways, that God was unapproachable. He's way far away 
And he speaks through his prophets, lots of times doom and gloom through his prophets and judgment and the call to repentance. But he's far away. He's untouchable. He's difficult to approach. But when we see Jesus and the revelation of God through Jesus Christ, we see a picture of a God who is very approachable. One who has gone to great lengths in order to establish a way to be approachable. And he did things in a revolutionary way. Showing the glory of God in meekness, in humility. In paying special attention to the weak and the sick and the sinners those that were caught in the most despicable of sins, the woman caught in adultery, he showed her grace, not judgment. This is a picture of God and his glory in a different way. Continuing on in the ministry of Jesus, you will know At the Last Supper, he made another unusual move. After supper, he took a towel and a basin of water, and he washed his disciples' feet. A task that was not done by a master. The master of the household would seldom do that. That was given for a servant to do. But he came and demonstrated what God was like in this unusual way. A mystery it is. And there's the words of another song that I think, really describe this tremendous contrast of the glory and the majesty of God. And then him coming down in meekness. Meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, in perfect harmony, the man who is God, Lord of eternity, dwells in humanity, kneels in humility, and washes our feet. Wisdom unsearchable, God the invisible, love indestructible, in frailty appears. Lord of infinity, stooping so tenderly, lifts our humanity to the heights of his throne. Oh, what a mystery, meekness and majesty. Bow down and worship, for this is our God. Who is it that we are approaching? Who is it that we are coming and asked and instructed to come boldly to? What is this person like? He's very 
approachable. But yet he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Such a mystery. And yet he takes time for you and for me. And he is interested in you and interested in me. He came to fulfill a mission. A very unpleasant one. But one that he did, the Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. There was joy beyond this immediate unpleasant task. And as he wrestled with it in the garden, saying, Lord, if it's possible, is there another way? Let's find an alternative method. But if there isn't, then let's go for it. I am willing. And he did. That's summarized here in an epistle. Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Not only did he humble himself as a man and live the life of a servant, but he said, I give my life. No man taketh it from me, I lay it down of myself. And because I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it up again. And that's what he did, to pay the price for your sin and mine. Have you received that payment for your own sin? So that you can move beyond just the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom and come much closer into a full beautiful relationship with him as Savior and as Lord. Those two are very much, those two roles, while they describe different things, are very much in the same person. It might be easier for us to just claim him and ask him to be our Savior, to take away our sins That's something that we really like because we want to get rid of our sins. But part of that package is him being our Lord where we surrender unto him everything that we are and have and ever will be. And we worship him as our Lord. Wherefore, God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Through the power of the resurrection 
And then 40 days later in the ascension, the resurrected Lord in power and majesty, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And by fulfilling that role completely, he has become our high priest. And therefore, as an high priest, he is approachable because he knows what it's like to live in human flesh. And he knows the struggles that you and I go through. He's not just an untouchable, far, far away. There's a song that talks about that idea. Sometimes it seems that God's a million miles away, too busy for a creature such as I. But when I think how he sees each sparrow fall, I call on him and find that he is nigh. This is our God. This is the one, this is the person that we are approaching and coming boldly to, invited to do so. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, ye that are weary, and find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What's your burden like? Tonight, do you have a heavy load, a heavy load of sin? Don't carry it anymore. Bring it to the Lord. And don't hesitate. Come and spill it all out before him. That's what he's waiting to hear. That's how he wants us to come, as we are. We don't need any of the fancy preparations that were necessary back in the time of Moses when he said, in three days you're going to come and meet God and don't dare come too close. We're in a different era now that we can come and fall down before him and let it all spill out. It's no secret to him. in our brokenness, in our need. Let him see you that way so that he can remake you, recreate you, and give you a new identity, one that is in Christ. There are other burdens that we may have, that we do have, even after the burden of sin is cleansed away, there are other situations in life that are heavy. Jesus understands. And he wants us 
to come and approach him because he has made himself very approachable and has gone to great lengths to do that. Why carry it anymore? Why carry it in the first place? As soon as we recognize that load, let's bring it to him. Call on the name of the Lord. And become intimate and close with him. And in a way, sometimes it might be difficult for us to fully comprehend those two aspects of God. The greatness and the majesty and the power and the part of God that cannot stand in the presence of sin. And on the other hand, that he wants the sinner and everyone to come to him. as we are and have that intimate relationship. And sometimes we slide into one extreme or another where God, we have the idea that God is so holy, I can't go there. Or on the other hand, he is so approachable and familiar, he's like my buddy. Neither of those extremes encompasses the whole view of who God is. He is holy. He is great. He is majestic. And he demands and is worthy of the greatest respect and reverence. But also, through Jesus Christ, he wants to be our friend. And he is a friend with whom we can share everything. Oh, what a mystery. Meekness and majesty. Bow down and worship, for this is our God. Amen.